You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. You know, as a pastor, it's difficult days for God's people. I know that. I know what inflation is doing. I know what this stock market is doing to uh, so many of you that have retirement accounts. And I know jobs and I know gasoline. I mean, we're paying for all these 30, 40 vehicles, whatever we have, the buses and everything, and $6.25 a gallon, the cheapest gas we can get. I know, folks. And I, I, I I like to pastor by exhorting God's people, encouraging God's people. Uh, you get enough. I don't bring the newspaper here. I don't try to talk. Last week I mentioned nothing about the election. I don't talk about that. You got enough of that stuff. And so I always, even in these texts, I, I'm coming back and, and trying to give you hope every week. Uh, uh, come in here, Brother Cooper. He's got a, I know what he's preaching tonight. It'll help us. I see no hope in chapter 5. I see no encouragement in chapter 5. I have tried to force it for several weeks now to find something in chapter 5 that I could say could build a message that relates. I don't want to just pull a text out, but build it around that entire chapter. Here is the the hope. Here is the joy. Here is the excitement. Here's what's going to happen. But there's none. Chapter 5 is the deepest of the deep. Chapter 5 is the darkest of the dark. How anybody can write anything positive to what has happened to their country is beyond me. I love what the weeping prophet, Jeremiah wrote the book of Jeremiah and he writes the book of Lamentations and he's lamenting the situation that the people he gave his life for in the ministry, he is lamenting now what they're facing. And there's no hope, there's no change. Today, I think, perhaps I think we, we believe that the chapter is going to be, God's going to change everything. God, God's just going to change it. This chapter shows that we're, Jeremiah said, we're not thinking that God's going to change anything. It's God's people that need to change. And so this, this morning, I bring to you, God doesn't change. In theology, we call it the word immutable. Immutable means that God is not only eternal, but he's changeless. We sing, he never changes, for he's just the same. Now and forever he will remain. Oh, heaven and earth will pass away, but one thing is sure, my God is eternal. In him I'm secure. God's not going to change. God doesn't change in his holiness. God doesn't change in his righteousness. God doesn't change in his justice because God is always right. The problem is not God. The problem is man. You'll knock on a door and visit. I'm done with God. I'm done. I'm not going back. I knocked on the door and the fellow said, I was a deacon in a Baptist church and, and, and I asked God and God didn't come and my mother died. I'm done with God. 
It's like you must have been part of a daycare and you quit your church and you're, you're going home and you're suckling on your thumb, a grown man, thinking that God has to change every situation for you. I don't know. My thoughts, God said, is not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. It's not, to, you've got to get on my plan. You've got to get on my agenda. And well, this nation would get back to God. I mean, we're taking down monuments. Now Princeton's saying they're going to take down the sixth president. Presbyterian school started. Ivy League school it was a Bible college, like Yale was a Bible college, like, like, uh, like uh, uh, Harvard was a Bible college. 58% of the preachers in the 1700s went into the ministry, the graduates, became pastors. The great Jonathan Edwards, who's perhaps the greatest revivalist in America's history, that preached sinners in the hands of an angry God. And they said they trump, he trumpeted his voice from New England there, and they hung onto the pillars of the church buildings, and, and they cried out to God miles away under conviction, trying to get right with God, because I, he said, I'm telling you, there is judgment coming. That was part of the first awakening. And then the second awakening came about 100 years later. We're ready for the third awakening. We're ready, we're ready to see something happen. I've seen the, and, and so they're taking down Witherspoon's monument. A great godly man because they're, they're against all this white Christianity junk. Better be careful, America. We remove our heritage. George Washington, the father of our country, a bad guy now. The father of our constitution, James Madison, a bad guy. You know what that does? Every time there is a dictator Hitler, Stalin, Mussolini. Every time there's a dictator, they try to divide every group of people within their own country. They divide the rich against the poor. They, they divide ethnic races. They divide the working class from the superior class of edu educated people, that is. Should say superior, educated people. They divide the, the mothers against the fathers and the fathers against the dads uh, against the parents and the children against the, always divide. That's how you conquer a people. That's what happened here. When we look at the scripture today in chapter five, the only thing I see that we can hub our entire message from is verse 21. First three words. Would you read it with me? Ready? Begin. Turn thou us. God doesn't need to turn. I need to turn. Turn thou us unto thee, O Lord. Read that much. Ready? Begin. Turn thou us unto thee, O Lord. God doesn't need to turn back to us. He never turned away. We must turn back to God. There needs to be a breaking in our heart, young people. We're so attached to everything that's outside of this world that the God thing is a Sunday deal. But Colossians says Christ, who is our life, Christ should be supreme. Right here on the pulpit, we chose this verse in the 70s. That, that in all things he, Colossians 1.18, might have preeminence. Does Christ have preeminence in your life and in my life, in our marriage, in our home, with our children, with our family? Does Christ have preeminence? Is he number one? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. So let me introduce the chapter. Chapter 5, verse 1. This dark, dark chapter. 
Remember, O Lord, what has come upon us. Consider and behold our reproach. Our inheritance is turned to strangers, our houses to aliens. We are orphans and fatherless. Our mothers are widows. We have drunken our water for money. Our wood is sold unto us. Our necks are under persecution. We labor and have no rest. We have given the land, a hand to the Egyptian and to the Assyrians to be satisfied with bread. Our fathers have sinned and are not. We have borne their iniquities. That's what I'm talking about, by the way. I'll keep reading in a moment. It's my generation that sinned. It's my generation, not my parents' generation. They were the World War I and II generation. My generation gave you the hippie movement. Rebel against authority. My generation gave you drugs, marijuana. My, my, my generation gave you 1950s rock and roll. The term rock and roll was coined by a disc jockey in the 50s. It's a gutter term, what you do to a lady that walks the streets. My generation gave you Elvis Presley that grew up in church singing, just as I am. Where could I go but to the Lord? It's my generation that gave you Elvis Presley with his gyrations and his rock music and his vulgar lifestyle. It's my generation that gave you Hollywood. It's my generation that gave you the computers that you can, on your hand device, watch anything filthy that you want to watch, including children. My generation did that. But guess what? I'm going home. I'm going to exit. I'm going to a place that's fairer than day of heaven. But you're going to pay the consequences of my sin. My nation, my generation has sowed wickedness, and now we, it's sort of like the debt retirement of this country. Well, we're doing well. Trillions and trillions. And somebody's going to have to pay for it. Your kids. And that's what that verse is talking about. Our fathers have sinned and are not, and we, we, we're left, we're bearing their iniquities. Servants have ruled over us and there is none that doth deliver us out of the hand. We got our bread with the peril of our lives because the sword of the wilderness. Our skin was black like an oven because of the terrible famine. They ravished the women in Zion and the maids in the city of Judah. Prince are hanged up by their hand. The faces of the elders were not honored. They took the young men to grind and the children fell under the wood. The elders have ceased from the gate that was a political position and leadership position. The young men from their music, the joy of our heart has ceased. Our dance is turning to mourning. The crown has fallen from our head. Woe unto us, we have, we have sinned for this our heart is faint, for these things our eyes are dim. 
because of the mountain of Zion is desolate. Foxes walk upon it. I tried to squeeze a message out of verse 19, 20, and 21. Try to get this to be a message of hope. Uh, Thou, O Lord, remainest forever. Thy throne from generation to generation. And wherefore uh, dost thou forget us forever and forsake us for so long time? Turn thou us, O Lord, and we shall be turned and renew our days of old. But, but then I had to read verse 20, 22. There's, I, I thought maybe I could get verse 19, 20, and 21, 20 especially. But thou hast utterly rejected us. Thou art very wroth against us. There's a lot of things I'm not as a pastor. One thing I know that I, I have is I love people. I love people. I love children. I, I love those little babies in the nursery. I love the elementary. I go to elementary chapel every, for 46 years, elementary chapel go preach. And I, I'm so excited about it on Wednesdays when I go to be with those kids, your children. I go to high school chapel. They inspire me. I want to preach. I love them. I love those kids. Many times they will not know this till this morning. I go to high school and I feel guilty because what my generation has given them. I want them to have the best. I go to college chapel that same day and, and, and I get to be with college because I just love it. I love college kids. I teach a preacher boys class and I love being with them. I love being with you. I love going to the door and shaking your hand. I love on Sunday night coming down here after church and your little kids come around and I talk with them. And we, and I just love talking. I love it. I love people. I love weird people. I mean, I just like to, at the airports, I've traveled so much for these years, I, I love going to the airport in between flights. I love just watching people. People are nuts. Sometimes I start laughing all by myself. I've seen this little, this little boy who's two years of age, and he's got this big six-foot guy of a, a father, and, and that, that, that big man is, is bargaining with his little two-year-old to obey. Uh, I'll, I'll buy you a new Mercedes when we get off the plane. I'll buy you a new, uh, I don't want that. I want a Lamborghini. Okay, I'll buy you a brand new Lamborghini. I mean, you know, it's just amazing watching grown people capitulate to a child. It's amazing. It's funny. I think you've got to be kidding me. I, 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 and I, I have the utmost respect for women. But it's so fun watching this big old guy carrying all the bags and his wife runs up there and, and she starts making demands on the people behind the counter. It's, it's, it's a riot to watch. And he's standing behind her, you know, like this. And, and no, we don't want that. No, no, we don't want that. I, I know you're mad at me now, but... Uh, This chapter, here it is. We often blame God for the consequences. We, we, we blame God for the consequences. And so many times the consequences are just a wheel that's been set in motion by the fact we've sinned. Briefly, as we look into the mirror, what must we do? Confess, I'm wrong. Confession. 
Not in a booth to me. Good night. Are you trying to confess to me? I might be worse off than you are. I was in prayer through the night last night. I was in prayer thinking about this. I got up wandering around the house, but I, I was in prayer. I, I love doing what I, I love it. I, I've been your pastor 47 years. I love it. I just enjoy it. It's the thrill. It's a, it's a blessing. I love being married. I love it. But I was praying. I said, oh, dear God. I mean, God convicts me so quickly how important you are and how, how, how weak I am. But Paul said, oh, wretched man that I am. And I had one of those evenings where I just felt like, God, they deserve better. No, I've not been running out on my wife or beating my kids. They're all gone anyway. But I, I, I'm stealing from people and into filthy living. I'm not, I'm, not doing, I'm not cheating on my taxes. I sure like to, but not, not, I don't. I claim error. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm telling you, you know, when you think about it, to, to enter a pulpit, to be a representative of God, it is a, a frightening thing. You preachers all know it. And the men in our church that are preaching, you know what I'm talking about. I'm thinking these poor people, they, they deserve better. Don't, don't sign up a list saying, let's get rid of them. We do deserve better. But nonetheless, I'm going to stay here as long as I can torment you. But, but I have to come to a point, chapter, chapter 5, verse 16. The crown has fallen from our head. Woe unto us. Here it is. Here it is. We have sinned. Not our fathers, as he said earlier. We. I'm, I am wrong. Let me ask you something today. Where are you wrong? Sir, where are you wrong in your marriage or in your home and your dating relationship? Where are you wrong? Well, I really don't know. I'm doing pretty good. Well, then, you know what? You're not close enough to the light. Jesus, who's light, you get that light on something. And I'll tell you what, you put a light on it, and all of a sudden, the, 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 the container doesn't look as clean as you think. Sir, what, what has to change? What has to be confessed? Dear wife, dear lady, dear young lady, dear elder, what, what has to be confessed? I mean, griping, complaining, drama queen, drama sir, drama this. What, what has to be confessed? I'm wrong. Ms. Treber said we were praying for Brother Flint last night. And we do it. Some of you folks don't, don't stop in front of their house. We stop down a ways and we pray every night. And I'm telling you this, she said this, that man has never one time, I've been his pastor 30, 35 years, whatever it is, he said never, he's getting ready to go to be with our Lord. He said, she, he has never given you or his wife one second of tr trouble. You know, I have to look at my life. What's wrong in my life? Yeah, I work long hours every day, done it for all these decades. We don't really take vacations. We're here almost every Sunday. But can I tell you, when I get under these, I get under deep conviction, and I do pray, I have my prayer journal is so big and large in people's lives, but I'm saying, Lord, I didn't pray enough this week, and I didn't study enough this week, and I didn't go so enough this week, and I didn't walk humbly enough, and God, I, God just, everything comes flooding in my heart. Would you let God examine your heart? Search me, oh God, and know my thoughts. Try me, 
oh Savior. Have you allowed God to search your heart? Sir, teenager, are you lying to your dad? Are you lying to your mother? Are you lying to yourself? Heard a preacher preach last week and he said, oh, the pornography that's in our churches, in our schools, in our college. And I just, it grieves me. I think, oh no, please not here, but it has to be. Oh, they're running around with another woman. It's not your wife. She doesn't know another man or they're flirting at work. All that goes on and on and on. Search me, God, search me. And when we let God search us, we come to the point we want to be cleansed and confessed. David was a great man after God's heart, but in a moment of weakness, he, he sinned and committed adultery with Bathsheba. And he writes Psalm 51, and he says, have mercy upon me, O God, against thee, and thee only have, have I sinned and done this iniquity in thine, in thine eyes. Stop getting God to change. I must change. I must, God doesn't have to confess anything to me. Well, here was all, God is immutable. He's never made a mistake. God's real. I'm the phony, I'm the fake, I'm the faint. Mankind, that's us. Some folks are raising children and you really know nothing about a prayer life, a begging God for his life, for her life, those little kids that are raised up in your life, and who knows what sinful temptation comes their way every day. We have that grandson, that handsome boy right there, 18 years of age, and he texts me on Thursday, he said, Pop, I'm flying up on Friday. Do you have time for coffee? You know, that, that is unheard of. Why would a young, handsome, athletic young man want to spend time with an old codger? We, we are so blessed to have grandkids that love us. They just love us. Landon was here, flew in with his dad, and then we flew him home last week. 12-year-old, such a, oh, I relived that, but I'm telling you something, those 14 grandkids, not just once a day, but throughout the day, God will put them in my heart. And I begin to pray for them. At that moment, I don't know, I think there's five freeways when you were in high school. I think there was five freeways you had to drive to to get to school. Oh, Los Angeles area, that'll make an old papa nervous to death. How I'm praying for that boy. We have two little granddaughters, five and three, I think, that age, that are not saved yet. The only two out of 14 not saved. They don't understand it yet. Oh, but their names can be thrown at the throne of grace every day. They've got a do right, sweet Ashley. She's in Bible college in Florida, and she was texting me the other day. I finally said, Ashlyn, you have time for a call? She said, not now, Papa, I'm in a class. Oh boy. I said, we better not text if you're in class right now. The thing she'd want to talk to me. And whoever professors, if you're listening, if you give her to marriage, you're, you're a terrible professor. <laughs> we sing, you know, Brother Martinez, when we were a boy, we'd say, not my brother nor my sister, but it's me, oh Lord. 
Remember that song, Brother Bertrand, standing in the need of prayer? I'm out of time. I'm just going. I'll go quick. I don't know about the person next to you, but I, that lady right down there, and she knows, I believe, she's the most perfect lady I've ever met in my life, how she's ever put up with me. I put pressure on her life just by my responsibility of who I am in my position of being a pastor. And she's been so good to me. I, I don't have one thing on my prayer list. Change, change Cindy here and change her here and change her here. I'm not worried about her changing. I'm worried about me changing. I'm not worried about her being a good wife, which she is. I'm concerned that Jack is a good husband. I'm not concerned that my grandkids all change. I'm concerned that I'd be the proper grandfather. What do you need to confess today? I see something else in this text. There's consequences. Look at verse 17. Our heart is faint. Look at verse 15. The joy of our heart has ceased. Oh, I go by these bus stops here. See these kids waiting for the buses for school. No one's laughing. You, you know, Brother Cooper, what I'm talking about. You know, they're not laughing. They're not smiling. They've all got their heads down on their phone or they're just standing. Young people should not have to live in that type of environment. I watch our kids here. They get off the soul winning bus on Wednesday after they've been in school all day. Then they go out and try to soul win and win folks to Christ. And come in. They have a dinner at the other school, at the school property. Then come in here. They're all so happy. There's a joy, Brother Panera. Thank God for what you're doing in that school these many years. And the teachers and the parents. I don't want our kids to walk around moody and upset and downhearted and distressed. Look at these consequences going on. Verse 14, the, the elders quit. The elders have ceased. Elders, the older people, even those in the gate in leadership position, 20, was it 25 or 28 percent of preachers quit the ministry during COVID? Quit? Quit? It's not quitting time. We've got a world that needs you, needs a Christian at the workplace. Whether they want you or not, they need you. The elders are quitting. The young men, verse 13, and the children under the wood. Princes are hanged by their fingers or the hands. There's verse 10, famine. You see, there's always consequences. And so I see there, there needs to be a confession. We have sinned. There's consequences. Yes, you're, you're experiencing all these things because of the sin, the rebellion against God. But the, notice the change, verse 21. Turn thou us unto me. Ms. Trevor and I were talking this week. If, if I have a funeral before she does, I hope I do. But then I hope I don't. I told her that the other day. Or you want me? No, I don't want. I just don't want her to have to be alone, and I don't want to have to have her gas and fuel the car. And no, she's not remarrying because I'm going to put the Treber hex on her if she does, and it's going to be terrible for you. So, you know. <laughs> I told her, I've told you this year, I told her, I said, you know, I don't care if you remarry, but just don't, 
don't let them wear my clothes. She said, don't worry, you're a 42 long, he's a 40 regular. <laughs> oh, boy. My wife said one time, not many years ago, she goes, why does God always take the good people and leave us with the grumps? We were just laughing, you know. But you know, when people die, it's easy because everybody's identified with one word. And the neg negative, I would never say anything negative about you at a funeral, but I feel like sometimes I'm having to lie. But some folks are just drama queens and drama kings and they're negative and they discord and they uh, gossips and they want more money all the time. I'm going to have to say something at your funeral. I hope my chairman outlives me. But probably 20 years ago, God gave me the verse for that man if he goes before I do. I know. I know right now. What am I say? Because he's written his script with his life. So, so many of you in this room, you're just so kind. You're so thoughtful. You're so forgiving. You're so sweet and generous. You're so godly, so spiritual. You're prayer warriors. Though it's going to be difficult to have your service if I outlive you. You've made so many things easy to say who you are. And God's word here says, God, you don't have to turn. I have to turn. I have to get right. I'm not done, but I have to be done. As a person, as a mate, what has to change today? Not next week, today. As a child, what has to change today? Why are you giving your parents such a hard time? Why are you giving your mate such a difficult time? Why? Just stop that nonsense. Our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Our Father, I love these people so much. I feel I don't want to be harsh to them ever. I feel like it's so direct today. I pray they did understand. I've spoken to them out of a heart of love. Our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. It's Mrs. Treber's birthday this last week. You've been so kind to her at our family birthday party we had. Probably 20-some of us there. She, we, we do it for everybody in our family. One word that describes this five-year-old, eight-year-old, 18-year-old, 20-year-old. One word that describes Nana. Every word was so positive, so amazing. One word describes who you are. One spirit about you, you're so negative or you're so positive. Some are living just for money. That's foolish. It's foolish. Some of you live to have your kids so they can eventually take care of you or become wealthy and rich. That's a foolish decision. 
Give your children back to God. See what God wants to do in their lives. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.